Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 29 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key, and I'm happy that you're here. If you're just joining us, uh, There are lots of good episodes with, I think, a lot of good information. So make sure you take the time to go back and listen to some of the other episodes, which cover really important topics when you're trying to lose weight over the long term. To give you a bit of background on myself, I am a family physician and an obesity medicine physician, and I am actively practicing in uh, British Columbia. I'm a mom of three, and I came to this through a path of trying to improve my knowledge on how to help my patients with obesity better, but also trying to figure out how to solve my own weight-related issues. Weight was something I struggled with for years and years of my adult life, and I found really frustrating that as a physician, I felt I should know how to fix it, and I couldn't figure out how. And so it took me years to find the right tools that made the ultimate difference for me, Uh, but when I did, it made it entirely different. The experience of weight loss became simple and without drama and without uh, too much effort. And I developed a confidence that I'd never had before with managing my own weight. And that's what I share with you guys through this podcast. And that's what we work on when you hire me for private coaching uh, to really dig deep for yourself and find what are the things and the skills that we need to build where you can have that confidence, where you know that for a life you can manage your own weight and not worry about it creeping back or being somehow out of your control. And I'm really enjoying the time I'm spending with my coaching clients because it is so amazing and inspiring to see the changes that they're making in their own lives and see the transition to where they start to build that confidence that I'm talking about, uh, which is just awesome to see. And if you're interested in this, then just uh, go over to my website, which is weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and click on the work with me tab. And on that page, you can scroll down and register for a free introductory coaching session, which lets us sit down together and find out in what ways I could best help you. Now, today's episode is along these lines. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about deprivation, and I'm going to give you some tools to make it so that you can lose weight without feeling deprived. I did a shorter version of this on Facebook in a Facebook Live, and so if you would like the opportunity to be notified when I do Facebook Lives and interact or just see me on video, uh, make sure that you go over and like the Facebook page, which is Weight Solutions for Physicians, uh, or follow it, and then you'll be hopefully notified when new Facebook Lives come out. Okay, I wanted to start with a story today. Last week, my husband and I went out to the movie to see Rocketman, and we went to the movie theater, and I did not eat popcorn. I Even lining up, when my husband said, aren't we going to get popcorn? And I said, you can have it, but I don't really feel like any. And then I did not eat popcorn. And that may seem like not too exciting of a story to you, but I can tell you there were a lot of years where even when I was following Weight Watchers and Counting Points or when I was first doing Low Carb where 
walking into a movie theater was somewhere where I thought I had no control, that I had no option but to eat popcorn in a movie theater. And if I didn't, if I white knuckled it through and just didn't eat the popcorn, I could do it and I did do it sometimes, but I had such an overwhelming sense of deprivation that it kind of backfired. And then I think probably over eight later on that day or the next time I was surely eating popcorn because look at how I deprived myself this time. And when I walked out of the movie theater this time, it really made me think about the differences because it was such a different experience compared to the experience I just described. So I walked into the movie theater knowing that I would smell popcorn and it would trigger a craving and knowing that that didn't mean I had to eat the craving. And when my husband asked me if we wanted popcorn, I was truly and completely fine with not eating popcorn. And I would have been completely fine if he had chosen to order popcorn and eaten it beside me. And it didn't bother me. There was no white knuckling. There was no willpower involved. It was just a decision that I had made that I was at peace with and that I was able to enact with really very minimal effort. And when I walked out of that movie theater, rather than feeling deprived about it, I just felt an ongoing sense of confidence in my own abilities and a sense of accomplishment of doing something that for years I thought I just wasn't humanly possible to do. And for some of you, that may seem funny to say that about popcorn, but I think a lot of you probably experience the same situation when you're in an environment where habit dictates so strongly that you eat a certain food and then the environment itself, such as the smells that are piped in and everything that you see all dictate that you should be eating a certain food, it's really easy to think that you don't have control over it. And it's easy to think that if you chose not to eat that food, you would have to be depriving yourself of some way. And that's where I think today's topic is really important. So let's talk about where deprivation comes from. So when we're trying to follow a food plan that we've made the choice to follow for ourselves, why do we feel deprived? And I think deprivation comes from a difference between the ideas of what we should be eating, like what we should be able to eat in our society versus what we're choosing to eat. So we're sent lots of messages through media and through other means saying we should be able to eat everything in moderation. And we interpret that to mean everything in moderation. So I should be able to eat salt vinegar chips in moderation. I can tell you that's nearly impossible for me. I, I should be able to eat ice cream in moderation. And all of these things should be eaten in moderation. And I should be able to lose weight. And when I can't do that, when I have to eat salads instead of eating salt vinegar chips and ice cream in moderation, then if I think I should be eating the other stuff, I feel deprived by my salad. And so at the core of it, it is really important to acknowledge that deprivation is not coming from the food itself. Deprivation is coming about our thoughts about the food. So if I had never eaten ice cream before and I had no memories of ice cream or thoughts about ice cream, I would have no sense of 
being deprived of not being able to eat it when other people around me are eating it. Same thing if I was on a desert island and there was very limited food sources and all I could eat was essentially vegetables that I foraged, I would not be feeling deprived by the small amount of vegetables I could eat. Whereas in our society, it's really easy when you're sitting at a table at a restaurant with a bunch of people and people are ordering burgers and fries and you choose a salad, it would be really easy to start thinking thoughts that ended up with you feeling deprived about that salad. So here's an interesting question is, where does the concept of what we should be able to eat come from? Who tells us what we should be able to eat and maintain our weights? And the answer is media is one of the big ones, right? Like food companies, advertising, um, all that feeds into our subconscious about what we should be able to eat and what quote unquote normal people eat. And the reality is, In our society in North America, a normal person is overweight. So the average person is overweight. So what the average person eats leads to being overweight. And the other question that I have for you is, whose best interest do these sources that tell us what we should be eating have in mind? They're definitely not your best interest for sure. These sources, like even the food guide, which isn't directly industry funded, its interest is not you as an individual. The food guide is focused on population health. And depending what you believe and what resources, possibly some economics of the country the food guide's for, it's not looking at your particular health and what you as an individual should be eating. And media definitely doesn't have your best interest in mind when it's giving us messaging about what we should be eating. It's got the food companies and uh, business in mind about what we should be eating. And it's all designed to make us eat and want more and consume more so that we're spending more money. And I find that really helpful to think about because if we just accept the messaging as the truth, then it feels like we're missing out on something. But if you look at that messaging we're getting about food as where it truly is coming from and whose best interests it's trying to serve, it makes it a lot easier to detach yourself from it and detach yourself from that messaging without a lot of guilt. And so, you know, I can look at ads and what I see food ads as being is not something that I should eat, but something that's trying to manipulate me into eating. And maybe manipulate is too hard of a word, but if you view the ads as something that's trying to change your behavior, it's much more easy to say no to them and make a different choice rather than when you view them as just something that's just there and giving you reasonable suggestions. Okay, so deprivation thoughts about food. I've made up a worksheet to go along with this podcast episode Uh, where you can work through your own thought patterns. And it's on weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash deprivation. Uh, So feel free to go over and download it. I'll put a link to that in the show notes of this episode as well. Step number one for dealing with deprivation and changing those thoughts is to really get clear on why you're doing this. Why are you making changes uh, in your health and in your lifestyle? And really understanding your reason why and why they're important. And I know I bring this up in a lot of different episodes, but it's so key because 
the decisions that your brain wants you to make in the moment, like impulsively buying the popcorn, are based on very short-term satisfaction, not any of your long-term goals. And if you're not actively working on remembering what your long-term goals are and the reason why you're wanting to make long-term change, you're going to succumb to those short-term impulses really easily. So getting clear on why you're wanting to make change and why it's important to you and why it's more important to you than that short-term benefit from eating the food that you weren't planning on eating. And as I've talked about before, I really think the best way to do this is actually pull out pen and paper and write it down and think about in terms of what things you're trying to move away from in your life, like maybe tight clothes or things like that, but also what things you're trying to move towards. So setting goals ahead of yourself of positive things that you want for yourself that you're going to obtain through changes to your lifestyle will help pull you through even when the initial motivation starts to wane after your clothes start fitting better, etc. So pull out pen and paper, write it down, brainstorm as many different ideas as you can, and then remind yourself of it regularly. And so that might be every day pulling out your list and reading through it, maybe having it on your phone. So when you're feeling cravings or you're uh, feeling like you might move off your plan, reading through your list of why you want to make these changes in the first place. The second step to dealing with deprivation and getting rid of it is to recognize that no matter what choice you make, there is some element of deprivation, if by definition we're calling deprivation of not doing everything. So you can uh, choose to not eat something in the short term and consider that you may have quote unquote deprived yourself by choosing to not eat that food. But if you do eat the food, so say you decide I'm not going to deprive myself. Some people say that in their weight loss, I don't want to deprive myself. So that would mean that you eat any food that you want to because saying no could have some element of deprivation. So you say yes to the popcorn. Well, the truth is ultimately that's still depriving you of something. You didn't deprive yourself of the food, but you're depriving yourself of movement towards your long-term goals. So either end of that equation, either you're going to say no to food in the short term and yes to your long-term goals, or you're saying yes to food in the short term and no to your long-term goals. Either end could be viewed as deprivation. And that's where the first step comes in really importantly is, again, recognizing why you're doing this and what those long-term goals are and why they're important to you so that Ultimately, you want to say yes to the long-term goals more than you want to say yes to the short-term pleasure from food that you would not normally eat. So step number three is an important one because so far I've kind of told you just how to deal with deprivation, but where is that deprivation coming from? It is coming from our own heads. So recognizing what thoughts we're thinking that lead to that emotion of feeling deprived. So using the example of the movie theater, again, I could have gone in thinking, I really wish I could eat popcorn and I just can't because I'm trying to lose weight and it it's not really fair because look at all these other people around me that eat popcorn and they're, they don't have to lose weight. 
Um, and then if my husband had ordered the popcorn, I could have sat there thinking, well, this isn't fair that he gets to eat it and I'm not eating it. And all of those different thoughts would have given me a sense of deprivation. And those are honestly probably thoughts I would have thought back in the day when I tried to just not eat the popcorn by white knuckling it through. Instead, I've changed those thoughts to be, this is just more important to me than any popcorn. And I don't need that popcorn to enjoy the movie. And movie theater popcorn doesn't actually taste as good as what my brain tells me it's going to. And I'll be fine if I just sit with this craving. It will pass shortly. Those were the sort of thoughts I was thinking when I went into it um, this most recent time and had no issues whatsoever. And I did not have a sense of deprivation. I just had a feeling of calmness and confidence, I would say. So your thoughts might be different um, and sometimes they're sneaky, but I'd say if you start to have that emotion of feeling deprived, then take a moment and ask yourself what you've been thinking about, because that's the best way to find what those thoughts are. The other option is doing some journaling around it. If you feel that you have a quite a bit of sense of deprivation when you're trying to follow a diet plan, spending time to journal about it will help you figure out what thoughts are there. And then you just need to work on modifying the thoughts. So you need to find different thoughts that are still believable. So they don't have to be, you don't have to change it from, I can't not eat popcorn in the movie to I will never eat popcorn again, because that might not be a believable thought. And maybe it won't generate a positive emotion, but just changing it to I don't need to have popcorn this time to enjoy the movie uh, is a simple step, but it can generate a totally different emotion in your body. And then the fourth step is to practice and mentally rehearse situations. So I think if you had good thoughts and you were feeling really positive about your ability to stick to a plan, but you just ignored the fact that walking into a movie theater would swarm you with stimuli that would bring on cravings to eat popcorn, you might not be as successful. So if you're walking into events and activities that you know will give you cravings, pre-rehearsing them in your mind will help you be successful. So I did that for this movie because I knew that every time I walk in the movie theater, I want popcorn. And I know that that's based on just what they purposefully do to make me want popcorn. So I thought through the different scenarios. I thought through, okay, what am I going to do when that smell hits me? Well, I'm going to just allow the urge, just let it be there, feel it through, know that it's going to be short-lived. I thought through, what am I going to do if uh, my husband chooses to have popcorn and I don't? Same thing. I know having a thing of popcorn beside me would create cravings and urges, but I also know that I have the ability to allow them and just let them be there and not have them actually harm or affect me. And if the allowing cravings and urges is a new um, concept to you, go back through my episodes and listen to the one on cravings because it'll go into it in more detail for you. So same thing goes if you're going to a party and you know there's going to be alcohol or cake or other junk food that's hard for you to resist. Pre-rehearsing it and planning, what are you going to say when somebody offers you a drink and you don't want it? What are you going to say when somebody offers you dessert and you don't want it? And then it takes a lot of the drama away. So using my same example, when I walked into the movie theater, I got hit with a craving. It was just expected. It wasn't this sensation that my brain could interpret as some sort of reflection on my ability to 
say no to popcorn. It was just an expected response to the environment. And I was able to just let it go without any extra drama added to it. So to summarize, the four steps are to, number one, get clear on your reason why you're making changes. Number two, to realize that avoiding short-term deprivation will deprive yourself in the long term. So either end of the equation has some element of deprivation on it, if that's how you're choosing to look at it. Number three, to pay attention to what thoughts you are thinking are causing the feeling of deprivation and work on changing them to one that is believable, but gives you a more positive emotion. And you may want to journal for that. And then number four, to do some mental rehearsal of the situation that you're going to be in. You can't plan for every situation. Sometimes you're just going to end up in situations with cravings that you couldn't plan for. And the same tools work, the allowing the craving, allowing the urge. But if you do know you're going into a situation which will give you some triggers to eat, then planning for it and mentally rehearsing it is a big tool and it will make the actual situation go a lot easier. All right, don't forget to download your worksheet so you can work through some of this on your own. It's at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash deprivation. Um, And if you have any questions or thoughts about how you deal with thoughts of deprivation or have changed so you don't have them anymore in your weight loss journey, I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Remember, if you are enjoying this podcast, please hit subscribe so that you get all the new episodes and please leave a review or rating and let your friends know. Uh, Word of mouth is fantastic for getting podcasts out there. So if you could share uh, with your friends, I would really appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic week. And now for a quick disclaimer, this podcast contains general education information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing.